Welcome to the Hope New Podcast, a podcast for parents of children impacted by disabilities, where we believe there's beauty in the journey and purpose in the pain. Your hosts are Jonathan and Sarah McGuire. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Jonathan. Today, we are going to talk about marriage. One of the things that we have been able to do is take a weekend each year to just get away, spend time together, and pray together. I remember one year when we were living in Texas, we were actually gifted a weekend marriage retreat. Yes, it was such a wonderful gift. But I felt guilty because after we went to the first session, (laughs) Mm -hmm. we were so exhausted, we ended up sleeping in our hotel room for the entire rest of the weekend. That's right. But that was exactly what we needed at that time. Our marriages need different things at different points in our journey. That's one thing that I love about today's guests. Today, we're talking with Joe and Cindy Farini. And they bring with them the wisdom that comes from having lived it. They are parents of an adult child impacted by disability, and they are speakers for family life. They will be sharing with us about their new book on marriage called Love All Ways. Our listeners will want to listen to the end of the podcast to learn how they can win a free copy of Joe and Cindy's latest book. Hi, Joe and Cindy. It is so good to have you here on the Hope A New Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Well, thanks for having us. Can you introduce yourselves and your family to our audience? Sure. Well, Joe and I have been married for 40 years, over 40 years now. And our family consists of Joey, who is 38, and he's our young man who has special needs. And then we have a daughter, Christina, and she's married and has two little boys. Her husband is Cosman, and the boys are Jeremiah and Joshua. And then our baby, Kathleen, and her husband, Nathan, are going to have their first baby any day. So we're waiting, waiting for that phone call. That is so exciting. Your book, Love Always, recently came out. So why did you write this book? Well, you know, we we wrote the book, Unexpected Journey, When Special Needs Changed Your Course, about 10 years ago. And it really turned into what is sort of a manual and sort of a a whole scope of the life of when you have a child with special needs. And actually, it's it's used in a college uh, curriculum in their master's Mm. course to help their students really understand sort of the full scope of what family life is like having someone in your home that has special needs. But then as we kind of went down the road a little bit further with things, what we really were noticing was just how many needs there are within the marriage of a family when they're in the process of raising someone with special needs, whether it's a child or if they have someone in the home like a parent or another family member or something. And so we just really thought it would be advantageous to to give some of the things that we thought were helpful in our marriage to go the course. You know, we've always said since we were married that we would never talk about divorce in our marriage. And, you know, when you have special needs, there's a lot of bumps in the road. Mm -hmm. And while we never talked about that, we did recognize that there were a lot of challenges that were different to our marriage than some of our friends who didn't have the same kind of situation as us in raising a child with special needs. Yes, that is so true. And I don't think there could be a better couple to take on this task of writing this book. Uh, You guys are just the perfect couple. You have written and spoken on marriage for years. And so we are excited to have this conversation and to glean from your wisdom. Thank you. Thank you. No, I know in our counseling training, there wasn't specifically a class in premarital on having a child with special needs. Mm -hmm. 
Do you say that most couples who have a child with disability, with special needs, would you say that they find that their marriage is vastly different than they anticipated? It changes everything. You know, when we came into marriage, you know, we had this really pretty unrealistic expectations about uh, how we thought marriage was going to be. And, uh, you know, everybody has this, uh, this blueprint in their minds as to how they would like marriage to be and, and how they would expect their children to be brought up and, you know, just ending the journey well. Well, when you have a special needs uh, child introduced to the family, that blueprint just gets thrown out the, the window mm-hmm. at that point. And, uh, and you have to begin to recreate a new blueprint. And, uh, and as you know, when it comes to special needs, that blueprint changes quite often. And, uh, and what you thought was going to be the normal for uh, your marriage, for your life, you now have to take on this new normal that uh, is very dynamic and it can change sometimes, seems from day to day. But uh, it's something that uh, you as a couple need to be prepared for that reality and to uh, have some realistic expectations in your life. Yeah, that's such wise words. And I remember fairly early on in our journey in disability, a friend of mine put up a question on Facebook, like, what is one word that describes your marriage? And immediately the word in my mind was foxhole. Like he and I are together back to back in the foxhole, taking on all the challenges of life. And I went back to the comments and read through everybody else's comments and they were all fun, adventure, best friend. Like, And I'm like... <laughs> So our marriage is a little, little different than average, huh? You know. Exactly. That's right. You know, when we were doing, we did a, a number of surveys as we were putting this book together. And one of the things that was the most widely said comment was how hard it was for couples to find time together mm. and how stressed their lives were. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea of time together and then rest were two huge things. And, you know, we've been married a long time now, over 40 years. And it's interesting to me as I go through sort of walking down our journey, and I think of some of the families that we've had in our life who who have raised typical children. And we have two typically developing daughters, so we were blessed with that as well. But when I think of some of my friends, and even now they, you know, they have totally empty nests for quite some time now, And it's so different that you almost really can't even talk about it because you almost don't sound real when you tell people kind of what you're going through. And when they have typically developing children, I think it's really hard for them to understand the, the life that we live and what we do and how we care for those that we care for in our home that have some kind of a special need. Yeah. Yes, it's so true. Now, you use the, the wedding vows in the, in the book as an analogy and to help people walk through this, this journey. Can you share a little bit how you use those vows in your book? Sure. Well, we wanted to use the vows because we really felt like when you want to make this your lifelong journey in marriage, you really have to stay true to those. And that is the glue to your marriage. That's the glue to being faithful to the Lord. 
And so we wanted to go through those and walk through those and see, you know, what does the for better, for worse look like? Mm. What does it look like for richer, for poorer? I have to say that some of my friends who have children that are on the medically fragile uh, end of things, their financial situation is so much more difficult than ours is. And yet, you know, when you're raising a child that's typical, you know, health concerns might be a cold or an ear infection where a medically fragile child might have something, you know, like 70 surgeries within a a short span of maybe three to five or six years. And so we wanted to go through the vows. And because of the people that we interviewed, we have a wide range of comments. So it's not just our story with our Joey or helping care for our parents. It's really a, a lot of stories of different people. And so we wanted to go through the vows in such a way that they would be able to say, you know what, we can do this. And we break them down one by one. How possible is a healthy relationship when there's often so much crisis and challenge within the marriage? It, it does require uh, a good commitment between each other. It, it requires transparent communications with each other. And, and just a, a general understanding that, you know, we're in this thing together. And as you know, we have seen far too many parents of special needs children that they end up getting a divorce. Mm-hmm. And, and the primary reason for that, oftentimes what we will hear is that a parent who's pursuing a divorce will say, well, you know what, I didn't sign up for this one. You know, I, I, this is not, this was in essence what I said before, this was not part of our blueprint uh, for part of what we are hoping to have for marriage. And so it is very possible, but it takes, it takes a commitment and a reminder every once in a while, a call back to those vows and, uh, and your commitment to the Lord. I mean, I, I would say, you know, when it is most difficult, it is those vows and that commitment to the Lord that really keeps, keeps us going. Yes. And, and I'd like to add too, you know, for Joe and I, we have just really learned over the course of years the dance. Mm-hmm. We have learned who does what better, mm-hmm. who does what faster. What is it that we each excel in in our marriage and especially in this whole situation with with our son and then, of course, our, our other two daughters too. But what is the dance that we learn? And, you know, when you're first learning, you're stepping on each other's toes <laughs> and you, you know... If you ever watched Dancing with the Stars, I mean, they're falling all over the place. I would say that <laughs> resembled us in the early days, you know? Right. And so as we got the timing down, as we got the steps down, as we got all these different factors together, pretty soon as a team, we were able to really like perfect the dance. Mm-hmm. You know, is it perfection? No, there's going to be times when we'll miss a step and and we want, it won't be as smooth as usual. But, you know, over the course of time, because we really, you know, we're in it to win it. And so we want to work hard. And, you know, when you watch them do those dances on television, they work hard and are sore and they have bruises. And, you know, all of us raising kids with special needs, we have the battle scars, you know. <laughs> and so that's what it takes. And we're not here to say it's easy, but we're here to say it can be done. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a great analogy. It makes me want to go take dance lessons now. Um, I'm trying to talk him into it for years. I don't think that's happening anytime soon. But it's so fitting, though. And uh, I'd 
I'd sure have a lot of scars and, and then bruises after it. And Joe, I love what you, what you had to say about the commitment. I know when Sarah and I, way back when we were in doing our pre-marital counseling, uh, we had to seek wisdom from, from different family members. And that's one of the, the key things my mom actually told us. As, as we go into to marriage, to always remember our commitment. Right. That's mm-hmm. been something that's stuck with us throughout all, all these years, is remember our yeah. commitment. And that, that, that needs to be the foundation for your marriage. And, and that certainly is one of the things that we uh, share with our pre-married couples that we speak with, is that you, know, you want to start with that core understanding of the reality of that God is the one who designed marriage. He has provided us with a clear set of guidelines. and uh, But those guidelines, that blueprint, really hinges on our first commitment to Him, personally and as a couple. And uh, it, our relationship flows out of that relationship that we have with the Lord. Yes. And so that is really the motivation, I think, to keep things going and to sustain that marriage over the long haul. What has helped you and Cindy over the years to practice that? Well, I think, I guess there's different aspects that we could talk about. We could talk about how do we get through some of these things in terms of family life or in terms of just with our son, Joey. Um, But again, you know, we've had to learn to dance. So some of the things that I think have helped us to get to where we are now and hopefully to, to end well um, we've really tried to have really good open communication. And because we do speak on marriage around the country, it's something that we certainly talk about all the time. But then let me just tell you that we still make mistakes, you know. And so when we make those mistakes, if we've said harsh words to each other or, you know, we are kind, you, know, you, ha- you then have to go back and sort of retrace your steps and, and start talking differently or start thinking differently and responding differently. And so I think in the special needs realm, we just sort of really had to learn kind of everything new. I think what often works, if you will, in a regular marriage is very different than when you have someone with special needs. So just for instance, if we were having a conversation and we know some of Joey's triggers, what triggers him to get upset, we aren't going to be talking about that in front of him. You know, we are going to say, we'll have this conversation later. Uh, And it could be something as simple as, uh, Joe, today's Monday. When are we going to do such and such? And Joey doesn't particularly care for Mondays. And so that could be a trigger for him to start being sort of upset about things. Mm -hmm. So you have to really pay attention to your family, to your individual conversations and different things like that to where you start to say, well, you know how Joe mentioned the blueprint earlier. Okay, so this blueprint isn't just going to look exactly the way that we thought it would in the beginning. And I would say to people, plan on making adjustments in your life, sometimes daily, but then sometimes like on a monthly basis where you're you're looking back, maybe having a family meeting and talking about things and saying like, how's it going? And, you know, looking at things together and trying to then say, here's how we have to maneuver this a little differently because it's a long haul. And if someone were to say to me when we were early married or when Joey was first born, Joey's going to be in your family for 38 or more years, I think I would have probably said, I don't think I have the endurance. 
But here we are. Right. <laughs> and, yes. and, you know, we've gotten through it because we've made the adjustments. And uh, as my mother-in-law used to say, Cindy, you were born an oak, but God's making you a willow. <laughs> mm. That's good. Be able to bend with the winds. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Bend the don't break. That's right. Now, I love what you mentioned about the family meeting and being able to touch base with, mm-hmm. with the different members of your family. Do you do that as a group or do you have, um, I mean, one-on-one with the different members of the family or, or how does what that What does work? that look like? Yeah, It's usually centers around and as a result of having dinner together. You know, if we can have dinner together, which we try to do on a regular basis, of course, that usually was the best setting in which to have the meeting. And usually it's, it was something very simple, but it was something that we were able to have open discussion. And this family meeting, we're only talking 10, 15 minutes. Sure. Okay. I mean, it wasn't an hour long, you know, <laughs> discussion <laughs> on deep, deep issues. You know, it uh-huh. uh, was, let's, let's talk about how's your day today. Let's, uh, what are some of the big issues that are taking place in your life? And how can we, you know, as a family come together, how can we as parents, you know, uh, help you through this stage? And uh, so it was, we try to keep it uh, informal, but yet it was formal in a sense that we were committed to doing it on a regular basis. Sure. And then another thing, too, we would we would sometimes choose topics. So let me just give you one example. So we, we've been speaking for family life for over 20 years. And when we first began doing it, the kids were younger. And so we would... After we did it for a little while, we said to them, how is this working? Because we always had to have someone caring for them. And we said, you know, is it too much? Do you, do you not like us to be gone? Do you like us to be gone? How do you feel about things? Well, of course, they were in their sort of middle school ages, so they were happy to have us gone, you know. <laughs> but, um, but it was giving them a voice. And if they would have said to us, this is too chaotic, this is too much effort on us or our other caregivers, we would have stopped because our family is far more important than other things that we might do. But, you know, our kids were great. They they were always like, this is so important that you should do that. We want you to continue. And so we worked those kinds of things out as a family. So I would just say to people who are listening, you know, if you have an issue, bring it up at the table, allow for your individual family members to have a voice. And then if it needs to be talked about privately, you certainly can do that before bed or another time. But make sure that they all have a voice. I think that's one of the the hardest things with siblings when so much attention is spent on one child because they need it. Um, The other siblings, they want to have a voice. And I think a lot of times they don't feel like they do. And so that's what we wanted to be sure of with our girls. And then I can also tell you, we had some of the most interesting topics at our kitchen table that we just laugh about today because we think we talked about anything and everything Mm. and they knew that they could. (laughs) So they could even come to us and say, I don't like that you're doing such and such or handling such and such this way. Mm. And, you know, even to this day, our girls are now grown. They're moms of their, you know, they have their own, have their own families and they will share things with us in sort of a, a loving and reproving way as we would with them. And we love that because we've had this open communication for all these years. Yeah. And I would say also the, the, the additional thing is that <laughs> we made a commitment to have a family meeting, but we also spent time with them one-on-one. Mm. 
And at nighttime, you know, we're, we really are strong believers in having what we call a quiet time. We have a time of prayer and, and maybe short reading or devotional. And we would do that individually with the children as well. So that allowed for some good uh, conversations one-on-one. And the other thing was that in addition to the family time meetings, the one-on-one times devotionals, you know, I would make it a point as well as Sunday that I would make it a point to go out and, and date my children. Mm. I mean, I would take them out to uh, lunch or breakfast every once in a while. I mean, I'm talking McDonald's, Burger King, right? <laughs> and uh, But it was something very simple. Yeah. It was uh, something that, you know, they had fun doing and I had fun doing it. And uh, we'd go out and do donut runs and uh, <laughs> it was just very off the cuff kind of, hey, Dad, want to get some donuts, you want to come with me? And they'd just hop in the car. And uh, and so was was that something that, that provided them a lasting memory? Well, the proof of the pudding is that uh, my daughter, Christina, if she's in the neighborhood with the two grandsons, she'll call me up and say, hey, Dad, you want to do a donut run? Mm. And that just kind of you know, warms your heart to know that it made an impact. And, uh, and all that did was create an environment that was conducive to good communications. Yeah, I love it. We have to understand it all takes time and it takes effort. And we're going to take two steps forward, one step back sometimes. And not to be discouraged. I think that's what I would want people to hear. Um, we're not here saying we have all the answers and our life is perfect. We have a lot of answers because our life wasn't perfect and we tried to, to work things out. And so that's what I think we want to, to leave with people. We want them to recognize you can work these things out. And don't, don't just do something because we suggest it. Right. Uh, we have a bunch of suggestions in the book. But take a suggestion. Give it a try. If it doesn't work, just tweak it a little bit for how it might work for you. And that's, I think, the beauty of this community and certainly so many of us in the special needs community who are working together and trying to help promote one another. It's a great thing to do that with, you know, with our families and and just keep it, keep it moving in a direction that's healthy. And then hopefully we'll, we'll be those couples, hopefully that will make it to 40, 50, maybe even 60 years of marriage. And we'll be able to say, you know, wow, we we worked hard at it, Mm -hmm. but it was worth it. Yeah. I think, and just kind of piggyback on what Cindy was saying in there is that we need to always keep in mind that, you know, how we live out our, our lives and our, our marriage, we are modeling before our children and our children are watching us. And even our special needs children, they're watching us. And as Cindy mentioned earlier, I mean, Joey is very sensitive to when we have a different inflection in our tone of voice or we're saying something that, uh, just isn't a normal. Yeah. So he will be the first one to remind us in ways that he knows how to remind us mm. that, you know, no, stop that, you know. Mm. <laughs> and uh, which is good. You know, it gets a little annoying at time, I must admit. But, I mean, it's good. <laughs> he, he lets us know that something's just not right. Mm. And that's good. We're modeling mm. before our children, you know, what the standard should be. And, and we are the ones that are going to set the standard. We set the bar. At the beginning of our podcast, we state that there is beauty in the journey and purpose in the pain. How have you seen this to be true in your life and in your marriage? 
gosh. Well, you know, I guess I would probably share one story, and that is, you know, when when we first were learning about all of Joey's disabilities, um, which, you know, he has cerebral palsy, but he is mobile. He has epilepsy. He has very low muscle tone. He is very slow, so he's very mentally challenged. His verbal skills are very low. Um, and I just remember early on, it was just so hard for me to really grasp all that. I was a teacher, but I really wasn't trained at all in special needs. And so I just remember how frustrated I was and often just really sad, you know, how sad that Joey is the way that he is. And so I think there were, that was like a valley for me, you know, it was like kind of in the, in the dumps, if you will. And yet the the more, of course, of course we loved him from the moment we had him, but there were those challenges that you had to get through. And I just, I think, you know, now if you were to have God stand right before us and say, Hey, Joe and Cindy, I would like to heal Joey, and I'm going to do that right now. I think both of us would probably just say, whoa, 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 whoa. Give that blessing to a younger couple who were where we were when I'm just describing what I'm telling you. Give them the blessing. Let them see the hand of God in that particular way, and let us just keep Joey because he's just perfect the way he is for us. And I came to that point earlier in my life, of course, but honestly, there's such beauty in the journey. And sometimes when I think of other people who have not experienced the challenges of special needs, sometimes I think they, they sort of got gypped because, you know, we've learned so much. Yeah. Okay. You know, we have learned so much that others have not learned. My girls, our girls are so tender to mm-hmm. other people. I would like to think that we are too. I mean, in let's face it, none of us are perfect, so we'll have our mess ups, but in general, I mean, our girls are so sweet to people with special needs or, if you will, the underdog or just welcoming people to their home like we used to to try to keep the activities for our kids because we couldn't go out as easily as we could have people come in. And so there's pain and there's sorrow, but there's also so much great joy. But you don't always get it early on, I wouldn't say. I think the joy comes as you see the journey happening. Yeah. I, I know it's just interesting. As Cindy was talking, I was just thinking mm-hmm. just maybe a few months ago, uh, about the fact that, uh, I came downstairs after, you know, tucking joy in the bed, which I do, you know, we do that every night. And, uh, I came downstairs and said, you know, isn't it sad that all of our empty nester friends can't put their children to bed at night still. <laughs> and we get to do that every day. You know, that just changed the perspective for me that, and to realize what a blessing Joey is to us. And, you know, what Cindy said earlier about if God was going to offer to heal Joey, and, you know, I think confidently we would say thank you, but, you know, please pass that blessing on to a young couple because he, Joey, has been a major force in shaping us to be who we are. Mm. We could not be who we are, where we are, had it not been for the influence of Joey in our lives. So we're thankful for that. Yeah. And if I could also add, too, because that this is kind of like a little bit of the valley and the vista, but also, you know, where we are right now, because our friends are empty nesters, they're able to just pick up and go. They can pick up and go 
for a dinner date. They can pick up and go for three days, four days by themselves. They can pick up and go if they want for a big, long trip for a month if they wanted to. And that's where sometimes I think it would be easy for me, maybe for us, to kind of wallow in it and be like, poor us, you know, we don't get to do this. But I will say we have great family. My sister, both of our daughters will take Joey. So when we're speaking, we have someone to care for him. So we aren't traveling with him in those times. But, you know, it's easy for any of us to get in those moments, whether it's uh, they're in junior high and they're not in the band like everybody else is, or they're not in the choir, or they're not in this activity or sports. And yet I think we really have to look at what is the silver lining in it. And Joe's example is exactly that. Well, we might not be able to just pick up and go and go out to dinner with, with all the gang, you know. We get to put Joey in bed. And when he wakes up in the morning, he comes into our room and he kisses us on the forehead and says good morning. And and there's a, a treasure to that that we really welcome and we, and we cherish it too. All right. That's so encouraging. So encouraging to hear. And I love the perspective that you have and that you're sharing I know that'll be a huge encouragement to those who are in the valleys and yes. to uh, be able to see that um, that road, that journey that you've sure. taken and where you're at now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're at right. the beginning of the journey, it's almost impossible to envision getting to that point. So getting to hear that from others who have walked this journey, who have been there, who are there, who have traveled along it, is invaluable. So thank you for sharing that. Yes. Thank you for allowing us to do that. And, you know, it's interesting because when your child is little, you're just sort of doggy paddling, trying to tread water. You know, you're just hoping that you can get to tomorrow. Maybe you don't even get to tomorrow because you're up all night long. You know, it's just hard. It is hard. And I've often said, you know, a, a couple or an individual shouldn't write a book when their child is three because they have not yet gone through puberty. You need to at least go through puberty before you write a book um, because there's a lot of changes there too. However, the beauty of where we are and the beauty of what we hope we will share with others is that there is hope and every one of us has a different journey. You know, Joey may be less in terms of the medically fragile, but he's more maybe in another area of life. So I think that what we have written in Love Always is going to to really be a broad spectrum of helping couples in their marriage to really say, we can do this, we can go the distance. And um, just to remember that, you know, there are those really hard times. and But there's couples like us who have a son who's 38 and we're still doing it and we're still making it. And we know you can too. And it'll take some effort, but you can do it. I think it's important that we know we have a little saying in in family life ministry, get help for today so you can bring hope for tomorrow. Mm. And there's absolutely no shame at all in seeking the counsel, seeking the help uh, of people who are in one professional counselors, but finding that mentor couple that uh, you can call 24-7 and, uh, you know, when things don't look real real good and, and all you want to do is, is lead the situation, it's nice to know that there is someone that you can call. You know, I know Cindy, is a, she's been a faithful mentor to a few couples and, and we do our best as couples, you know, couple to couple, but Cindy has a couple ladies in her life that... Uh, 
really taking her up on that 24 seven challenge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, and that's, that's great. I mean, I know I encourage her to do that as the husband, because I remember, I remember those days and I, I know that person needs someone like a Cindy in her life to uh, get her through that, just to that next, next step, the next day. And I do remember a, a number of times where I wished I would have had someone that I could just tell it like it is to them. Um, it wasn't always easy for me to go to Joe's mom or my mom, even though they loved us dearly and we loved them dearly. They didn't understand it like those who are in the special needs community, which if I could give a little plug for you, mm-hmm. um, I think that this um, hope a new community, you know, of your, uh, we get it, you know, we're the ones who get it because we get that we all have issues and we need to be there for each other. And I love that you're doing that. I think it's so important. And because I have said to a couple of women, you can call me any time of day, night or day, middle of the night. My phone is always next to me. Just call me because if you don't call me, I won't hear it. I won't hear like a little ping of a text. And that has happened. And I have one person who's called me a couple times, two o'clock in the morning, just beside herself. And I'm so glad I could be there. Um, and I've always said to her and to the, those that I've given this um, this reminder to, I said, so you can say anything you want. You can swear. You can scream. You can say how mad you are at your husband and how much right now you don't care for your family. I won't share it with anybody because I've been there. And how nice would it have been for me to just call somebody up and just let it rip, you know, (laughs) and then be able to wake up in the morning and feel so much better because I talked to somebody who got it. We're we're sort of like Christian bartenders. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah, I could be. I couldn't decide between a bartender or a barbershop. I, I wasn't sure which. But here um, you go. Okay, okay. <laughs> that's probably the better version. <laughs> that is so good, and thank you so much for that plug. And we are, yeah, we're excited to have you all as a part of the community. And you know, the goal is that the community will be that that place where you can be real, and that uh, as it grows, it will be the most real, encouraging hope-filled place for parents of children impacted by disability and special needs uh, to join a group who gets it. And at the beginning of the podcast, we shared that there was going to be a a giveaway and that uh, Joe and Cindy have uh, graciously uh, donated three books that they'd like to give away to you, the audience. And right now, I want to share with you how you how you can take advantage of that. So the way it's going to work is that the next three people that join the Hope New online community will get a free copy of Joe and Cindy's new book, Love Always. And it is such a great resource. I know it will be an encouragement to you in your marriage and with your family. So, yeah, join the community. We'd love to see you there and get this wonderful resource. Joe, Cindy, how can our audience stay connected with? Oh, thank you for asking. Well, there's a couple of ways. Uh, The first way would be through social media. They can either contact me at Cindy Farini, which is just sort of my social place. But if they want to join the special needs community, we have two ways. One would be through the Unexpected Journey Facebook page. And the other one would be the My Marriage Matters Facebook page. But then a way to connect in all of those ways would be through our website. And you can get there either through 
joefarini.com or cindyfarini.com. And on that website, we have under the tab, My Marriage Matters, we have our radio spots that we do. Uh, and then we do a mentor moment on Monday mornings. We usually put that on Facebook, My Marriage Matters, but then we also post it on our website. So people can go there anytime and kind of scroll down and see what is there here and they'll link it to either that radio interview or the the uh, video that we do. So there's a number of ways. So if you go to the website, that's probably where you'll get all the information. Perfect. Well, I will make links to those on the show notes. And I know that our conversation today will be be an encouragement to both those who are um, in the early stages with uh, with children who have been newly diagnosed and also the veterans in the journey. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Right, thank, thank you so much. so much for taking the time with us. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm.